Welcome to Whitefields Church Podcast. Our focus is to help you grow relationally, emotionally, and spiritually. I hope you enjoy the message. We have so much to be thankful for, right, church? Come on. Can we give it up to the Lord? Not just for what He has done. Amen? He's worthy. God is worthy. Amen? Hallelujah. What a year it has been for sure. I got plenty of testimonies myself. I thought I was going to be dead too. Um, (laughs) But by God's grace, I'm still standing here. And, you know, we sing that song, if I'm not dead, God's not done. And I believe that very much. I believe God is so faithful. Amen. So thank you for these wonderful testimonies. I know every one of us has testimonies, but this is the last. Oh, I apologize. Yes. Children can be released (laughs) for the Sunday school. We get so excited. Yeah, go ahead, guys. You can go. Ms. Tristan, thank you so much for taking awesome care of our, our kids. But what a joy it is to be in the house of God. And when you think about it, it's the end of the year, and it happens to be landing on Sunday. Uh, we have a worship night this Friday. I am telling you all, and I'm challenging every one of us, not just to read your scripture, make a plan, and make uh, time for scripture every day. I mean, if you, you know, if you have a hard time reading, you can have somebody read it to you. And it's amazing the time that we're living in, right, technology. You can have the voice, beautiful voice, reading it to you. Uh, do that. And then obviously, ours at church, we want to move into fasting and praying, and I'm going to talk about it next week. And then the following week, the second week of January, we're going to have, uh, we're going to have time and pray and fasting throughout that week. Um, I'm telling you, the more you invest into whatever it is, like, you know, like if you invest in your physical health, you will reap the benefits, but you have to commit to it. It's same like this when it comes to spiritual aspect of things. If you want to grow in the Lord, if you want to really experience the full goodness of God, not just doing it traditionally because it just sounds good, but literally just showing up and always seeking God's face. When you're at home, when you're praying, you have purpose in everything that you're doing. It's such a wonderful, wonderful uh, thing to experience because not only that, parents, our children follow us. We're the greatest examples to them. And that's the first people that they look at when it comes to you know, just an example, who to follow. They'll say little things like that. Sometimes something slips up out of kids, and I'm like, that sounds exactly what Larissa would say. And I'm like, what is that coming from? Because kids are little sponges. But I challenge us for our own self to really step up this year, to really press into the presence of God, to prioritize Him in all things that you do, because you will reap the benefits of that. I can guarantee you that. Amen? So I want to open up with Luke chapter 4, quite a few verses. From 13 to 30. I'm going to read that and then we're going to break it down a little bit. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him until an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching there in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he had been taught, where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue as was his custom. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of the sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. There it is, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. 
Then he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that he came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? They asked. Jesus said to them, Surely you will quote this proverb to me. Physician, heal yourself, and you will tell them, tell me. Do you hear in your hometown what we have heard that you did in the Capernaum? Truly I tell you, he continued, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Verse 25, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time when the sky was shut for three and a half years. And there was severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to the widow of Zarephath in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy at that time of Elijah the prophet. Yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman and uh, Syrian. All the people in the synagogue were furious when they heard this. They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Oh, that's good on its own. I had to give a lot of thought um, what I wanted to call for the past four years, from, you know, 2020 to 2023 till 2024 now, which we're about to start, and just reflecting on God's goodness. It's so good to reflect on everything that God has done in your life. So I was reflecting, you know, from the time that COVID hit, you know, which the whole thing, the whole world was just, you know, was shocked. A lot of people were scared. I mean, we lived through that, but it's kind of amazing to think that four years passed since, right? But the word favor is probably not the first word that comes to our mind, right? Um, I've heard a lot of people use different words uh, to describe these past few years, and a lot of F words, you know, like fear, frustration, fighting. You know, people were just fighting against each other where they're supposed to be on the same team, you know. But like, oh, you're not messed up, you know, things like that. I mean, families got into it, you know, some families got into arguments where they weren't speaking to each other. I mean, a lot of this crazy stuff, and obviously reflecting back on it, we can tell that it was just the enemy's plan. He always comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to take away the peace. You know, he attempted to shut down the churches, things like that. So it's so important to reflect on things and to see God's goodness, but... You know, favor, the word favor was definitely not one of them. But looking back on it, I do believe it was God's favor through all of it. And because what happens in the midst of challenges, something amazing happens with our faith. We begin to seek things that are a lot deeper. Did you notice that in your own personal life, whenever you're hit with some kind of challenge, it just makes you run to your prayer room a lot more. You know, if you lose a loved one or, you, you know, your relationship falls apart. It makes you want to look for someone that only he can help. Because so there's something within each one of us. We're made in the image of God. And there's nothing that will satisfy in our life but only him, right? And that is the favor of God that is drawing us. So the time we're living in, you know, a lot of people can look at it. It's like, wow, I wouldn't definitely call this time a favor. Um, but Jesus says this is the year of the favor, right? Jesus tells the spirit of the Lord is on us. He told us, because I like to say it this way, 
If we're, if we're born into this time, God trusts us with this time, right? We're made for such time as this. You and I are made for such time as this, amen? And I believe God wants to do so many more things in our life than we can possibly even imagine. And God is preparing his army. He's preparing us to step into the new season of life. And not just because of the new year, right? Although I, I love starting new year. I think it's great uh, when you make some goals. And I strongly encourage you because what happens is whatever you set your mind to, it's easy to, when you miss something, and be like, ah, screw it. I'm just not going to even try it again, right? But even if you're behind, I was behind on my Bible reading plan by a month and a half <laughs> at one point. And I'm like, oh, man, I, that's it. I, can't, I couldn't, keep, keep, couldn't keep up with it. But then I was just like, then it started snowing. And I'm like, hey, guess what? I mean, a lot of people complain, yes. And I complained about that too. By the way, I'm enjoying this break from no snow. I'll take the frost any day. It gives me a break from snow plowing. But the cool thing is with all this snow, I was able to catch up on all my reading because I plugged in my AirPods and here I am working on my loader, enjoying the word of the Lord. And there's Bible plans that are easy to follow where, you know, chapter from Old Testament, chapter from a New Testament, things like that. But so I encourage you, don't give up, okay? And there'll be times where you're going to be behind a little bit and whatever it is that you set your goals for. But get back on it and keep persisting, right? Keep going at it. But I do believe... Since this is the last day of the year, I do believe you will finish this year with favor. Um, I can't prove this based on a flip of a calendar of what happened this year. Um, and I think it's harder, because when I say God's favor, it's harder to explain God's favor to someone who is familiar with the word, right? Because we use the word favor every time we get a favorable outcome. Anybody? I mean, like, I've, I've done it myself before. You know, somebody says, I got a great deal on Black Friday. You know, that's God's favor. And I'm like, that's not favor. That's more like skillful marketing, right? If you think about it, they crank up the price and then they say, hey, you're saving this amount. And then there, you save money. Now, I'm not saying you can't re receive God's favor when you go out and looking for a deal and you pray because the scripture does to tell us to acknowledge God in all of your ways. He will direct your path, right? So it's absolutely God's favor is shown to us. But I noticed myself personally, and the reason this message has been really cooking in my spirit for some time is because I'm like, Lord, what is God's favor? And I had a hard time fully understanding it myself. And I believe with the help of the Holy Spirit today, the Lord will help us understand what favor of God is. Amen. So, but technically we have a hard time fully grasping the idea of what is God's favor, right? But I do believe it will require us to leave our past behind. And that's one of the biggest things that I love, not just because I love that New Year starts and we make a goal like, hey, we're not going to be offended or we're going to forgive people. But if there's the greatest thing you can do for yourself is be able to forgive, even if it's hard, because faith comes from hearing, is to set aside and say, Lord, I bless that person. I do believe at the end of the service, we're going to pray and we're going to release it to God. We're going to release all our offenses and say, God, yes, I was hurt. And it was so unfair, but I'm going to release it to you. I forgive because I was forgiven, right? Jesus forgave me. And so, if, and the scripture tells us, it gives us straight up forward. If you're not going to be, if you're not going to forgive, then my father in heaven will not forgive. That's what Jesus said. That's his words, right? But it's so important to leave things behind and move forward into what God prepared for us. In Philippians, Paul says 313, 
Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. Isn't that wonderful? So forgetting what is behind. So the title of my message today is Finish with Favor. Finish with favor. I want to pray. Take this time. Father God, I just love you and I worship you, Lord. We're standing in your presence, Lord. We thank you for your faithfulness that you brought us through so many years looking back. Not just through this year, but looking back how many times we should have been dead or something could have happened, Lord. But we saw your grace. And Father God, I pray that today you would reveal the word of God to us even deeper, Lord. To understand what is your favor, Lord. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. So what is exactly the favor of God? Favor is not the absence of uncertainty um, associated with the attacks on your life, right? Favor is not when all things are going according to how you imagined or according to how you planned. And favor is not luck because people say favor is like luck. Well, it's not because luck is proven externally in the world, right? Right? Uh, Somebody gambles and they throw in and they win a million dollars, whatever. Um, this year, for me personally, right, has been a challenging year. One of the difficult things I was praying for, and a lot of you were praying with us, with our family, I was praying and believing for my niece's daughter, one-year-old daughter, uh, one and a half to be exact, Alyssa, who was with leukemia, but then the Lord healed her, but then there was a thing that happened was they forced, you know, kind of to do another seven rounds of chemo, things like that. But I, I prayed for God's favor. I prayed uh, through it, but she got worse. She got back and everything, but she got worse and eventually passed away. And so now if I was to say I saw God's favor through all that, people would think, uh, Vic, what are you living in alternative reality? And I say, no, I'm not living in alternative reality. I'm just living in alternative kingdom, right? which is not part of the spirit of the world. When you think about Ruth, right, who found the favor with God, with Boaz, there's a lot of people of, of faith, a lot of people in the scripture says that they found favor with God, right? Single, like, uh, single people love the story of Boaz because, you know, <laughs> every, every girl wants to have a Boaz, you know, uh, and to find herself a love loved one, someone they can love, you know, and things like that. But the favor is not even finding the right person to be with, believe it or not. True favor is only found in God, all right? Because you can have all sorts of things line up, and, and then sometimes you'll put your trust in certain people. You're like, man, I found some amazing people and friends. And then you get disappointed. They get, they're relying on their favor. They're relying on their compliments. And then they turn their back on you, and then you're like, here, here goes your favor. Here goes your disappointment because all your trust was in people, right? Because just as easily they give the compliment, they can take it away and use it against you. But there's a bunch of people through the scripture you, you read about and talks about that they found favor with God. For example, Moses is another one. I'll bring up a couple of them throughout as I share. Moses, you know, he had speech issues, right? He says, Lord, how could I do that? I can't even eloquently speak. Then he goes, though the Lord provides, he sets him up because if God calls, he provides. Gives him Pharaoh to speak for him. And then Pharaoh denies him many times. Those things don't look like favor. If you think about all those things, that, the obstacles that just kept coming their way. Look at Noah, right? He was being laughed at, uh, building a massive boat with no water inside. He was probably called uh, 
conspiracy theorist of that day, <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm sure they were blasting him on their local newspaper or whatever, but it didn't look like a favor of God until it started raining, right? And all of a sudden, like, people are like, what is that? But let's go to the person that only spoke, not only spoke of God's favor, but who showed God's favor, and most importantly, he was the favor of God. In Luke 4.13, let's get back in there. Jesus paints this beautiful picture. So it says, when the devil had finished all this tempting, he left him until the opportune time. The devil will always keep coming back. <laughs> it just gives you a warning, right? But this happened after 40 days of, and 40 nights of fasting with, you know, Jesus, the Son of God. And um, the season of, uh, of God's favorite came after a season of testing, okay? Because it's, the scripture says he returned in the power of the Spirit, right? And if we don't understand this, we don't recognize that the presence of God's favor comes after toil or after trouble, right? And I want to say this also. No battle in your life will last forever. Can anybody agree with that, right? Um, nor will every blessing in your life will last forever. And if you are living in a blessing right now, enjoy it. <laughs> it's awesome. Because there will be a battle in the future. And if you're in a battle right now, endure it. Because there will be a blessing and presence of God's favor that's coming in your future. Um, but the same favor that enabled Jesus to endure the temptation in the wilderness is the same favor that allowed Jesus to proclaim in synagogue. And this was really helpful for, uh, for me to understand because the favor of God is not contingent on location, okay? Um, favor can come find us anywhere. And there are times when we're not looking for God's favor at all. In fact, we're looking at something else, right? We're searching for our own stuff. And just about the time we give up, we're like, man, I can't do it. God comes to our rescue, right? When my flesh was weak and my tears were falling, where my, you know, thoughts were foggy and faded, and like, here comes God out of nowhere with his favor. Like, I've witnessed that. And I'm telling you, when you're looking through pain or you're in this situation, as I was believing for the healing for my niece's daughter, you know, I experienced so much God's favor in his presence. And not only me, Alyssa's mom, my niece, you know, when you look at those kind of people, you can say, wow, that ended pretty badly. But see, on our earthly standards, it did. But what has happened behind the scene was so amazing that my niece was able to pretty much the first year and a half, that's how old she was, and all that time was spent in the hospital. My niece got to witness and testify to so many people. So many people came to know the Lord. And not only that, so many doctors came to know uh, Jesus in so many ways and saw powerful work of God. It's like, what are you guys crazy walking around smiling? Don't you know what's happening with your child? But see, they, the people of this world, people that know the Lord, they don't fully understand what is God's favor yet. So in our own flesh, we can experience one thing but favor of God is not contingent on location or even the circumstances, right? So the favor of God was with Jesus at the resurrection. The favor of God was with Jesus in the wilderness. I want to point that out. The favor of God was with Mary. We talked about it last Sunday, right? Who conceived by the Holy Spirit. The same favor is with you. The same favor of God. The same, same favor, just different place. When we receive his favor... We receive his grace. We receive his righteousness, right? 
And he takes away the sin that was suffocating. He takes that shame away that was sabotaging us. I mean, I witnessed that time and time again. But the coolest thing is that we no longer fight from the place of defeat, right? We no longer have to fight in our flesh where the spirit of the Lord is on us. We know that he has anointed us. And that means I'm more than a conqueror in Christ, right? This is why I believe we will finish with fear. Because God has given you all the tools that you need to overcome that everything that you're facing. I want you to walk out today with boldness, with faith, with confidence to know that I got the king of kings in my life. Come on. When Jesus finished in the wilderness, the devil was done. But Jesus wasn't. I love that. The enemy got tired before the Savior did. Let's go back to 13 and 14. When the devil had finished all his tempting, he left him an opportune time. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And the news about him spread through the whole countryside. So 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. But then he returns with his power and the Spirit. And the coolest thing, the most important news is that he broke the chains. He broke the shame. Amen. This is what meant by the year of the Lord's favor. And then what happens, Jesus picks up the scroll from the prophet Isaiah and he reads it. He says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. He has anointed me. That's in 18 and 19. He has sent me to proclaim the freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To set the oppressed free, to, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then Jesus stops right there. Now, he was quoting Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 61. Now if you look at it, let's pull up 61 verse 1 through 3. He gets to the part that says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. So he finishes verse 1. Then he starts verse 2. says to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And that's where he stops. But when we look at Isaiah 61, 1 through 3. The verse continues says uh, in verse 2. And the day of vengeance of your God to comfort all who mourn. And to provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And a garment of praise instead of spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness. A planting of the Lord for display of his splendor. So people in the synagogue knew the rest of Isaiah 61. And Jesus probably confused those in attendance. Because they were like, the vengeance part, come on. Because we want, we want this Roman pressure to end. They wanted... Come on, Lord, wipe him out, right? And, but he stops. And why did Jesus stop? And there's a deeper revelation here because he stopped at which he came to fulfill. Because this second part was everything that Jesus brought, right? When we think of favor of God, we selfishly think it means elimination of our enemies. <laughs> but Jesus came to save the people that church leaders wanted wipe out, Right? He came to fulfill the law, not to abolish it. That was, that's what the scripture says. Jesus came to fulfill the vengeance of God because sin had to be punished. This vengeance was vengeance against sin. Uh, but he did not put it on you to do that. He did not put it on me, right? This is good news of the gospel that he came to set the captives free. And he couldn't put it on you, right? Because he put it on, on himself to do that. He who knew not, no sin, right? He's the one that did it. He took away the sin so we could become the righteousness of God. And again, favor cannot be found in a new car, new house, whatever. It's only found in God, the true favor of God. And the grace of God is that Jesus did for us what we could not do for ourselves. 
Jesus did for me something I can do for myself, right? It starts with grace, but it ends with favor. If it starts in a human effort, oftentimes it ends in frustration. I noticed that myself. <laughs> um, but favor, I would like to say, is the end of spiritual frustration. So if you want to understand, what is the favor of God? Okay? So when he rolls up in Luke 4.20, he rolled up the scroll and says, he gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And in the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. So what is that? Like why, why did Jesus, what did Jesus himself meant by that? He just said, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he sits down. So there's a statement in that, right? He was pretty much saying, you are looking at it. Here's the favor of God, son of God. He's standing. He's like, I'm the favor of God. <laughs> I'm the bread of life, right? I'm the, I'm the favor of God. And today is the year of the Lord's favor. And I think about it, favor of God, what a wonderful concept. And then I think, what gets in the way of favor of God? Growing up in Alaska, all right, in the valley specifically, we're surrounded by beautiful mountains. So how many attend, uh, attend to that? Yeah? You guys, we realize it, right? <laughs> but see, uh, we get so familiar with this, you were like, yeah. But... It's not until somebody comes and visits us and, like, points it out, and you're like, yeah, that's pretty, actually, actually pretty beautiful. We got mountains. I grew up, like, I didn't even know. I didn't pay attention to the mountains, right? Because we're so occupied with what we're living in uh, that we don't focus on what we're looking at, okay? This is why we should never wish away, I think, seasons of our stages of our lives, because sometimes, believe it or not, it takes trouble or testing to appreciate what we have, right? But God's favor was there the whole time looking at anything, right? So I use this as an example about us looking at these beautiful mounts in the valley. Because sometimes we choose familiarity over God's favor. And I'll prove this to you in the scripture because Matthew's record of this in chapter 13, verse 54 through 57, it talks about what they were... What got in the way of the favor? So they're looking at Jesus, and it says, coming to his hometown, he began teaching his people in the synagogue. This is the same story, with just more detail. They were amazed. And then they say, where did the man get his wisdom and these miraculous powers? So they asked, and here comes the barrier. Isn't this carpenter's son? Isn't his mother's name Mary? And aren't his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas? Aren't all his sisters with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were asking the right questions, but their focus was like, well, we know this guy, <laughs> right? We've seen these mountains. And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, a prophet was not without honor except in his own town and his own home. <laughs> I remember when dad had a hard time at home just growing up and he was upset. He was like, well, you know, you get your worst beating from your home. <laughs> it says... But here's the key thing. He did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. They chose familiarity, right? And I wonder if familiarity is the enemy of God's favor, right? Isn't that Joseph's son? Isn't he a carpenter's son? Isn't that his brothers and sisters? And so they pushed away God's favor because it's too familiar, with, you know, it's too familiar. Why is it in this place that says that Jesus did the least, Right? This is Nazareth. This is Jesus' hometown. I mean, they saw him grow up, run around, fall down, things like that. 
When I think he should have done the greatest miracles, right? You would think about it. This would be the place to spring forth all the favor of God to show that. And I think about it because some areas in our life where God should be doing the most, we're letting God do the least. Because we're choosing what is familiar and retracting to things that are familiar to us and chasing away the favor of God. But look at this. God is in the midst of everything. He understands, even your trouble. And in 61.2, he says, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. How many of us are waiting on the vengeance part? <laughs> right? Because we think we know so much, and we might even consider the favor of God to be over. I mean, if you are perhaps saying, I don't know what the favor of God is. I mean, I've seen too much letdowns. Um, because God didn't do... What he, how I wanted him to do it. You know, a lot of times we pray to God to do it, but then we kind of tell him how he should do it. <laughs> Notice that, right? And God's like, well, I'm not going to get in your way. You got it. You got to figure it out. Go for it. Um, but Jesus told the attendees in the synagogue that God's favor is present right here in this hearing. Not a physical hearing, but spiritual hearing. Somebody said one time, it's a terrible thing to see and still be blind. I don't know who quoted that, but that was just wonderful for me. Um, it's terrible not to appreciate the mountains when they're in your backyard. And we are so used to like, oh, yeah, just goodness of God is your goodness running after, running after me. Yeah, I'm feeling good. That, but we get so stagnant in this area, and we don't pursue deeper. We don't understand that the favor of God is so massive. It is beyond my understanding and everything that I have at my hands that I can close the door and the presence of the Almighty God, the Creator Himself, is there with me, right? But I think we're often we're just addicted to the familiar things, you know, to fear. Um, if fear is your natural habitat, you will seek it out often, right? Scriptures that seek and you shall find. You want to find issues in your spouse? I guarantee you can find them. <laughs> knock and it will be knocked open to you, right? But if you operate under the fear, you will create frustration. And if you overload yourself with stuff, you'll be frustrated. Many times I did that. Um, but you're not what your thoughts are. You are what Jesus is. Not your addiction, thoughts, your secrets. Because he came to set the captive free. I want you to know there's freedom that is only found in God. Amen? But this is the year of the Lord's favor. And in the scripture... It's also an acceptable year of the Lord's favor, which is Jubilee. The forgiveness of debts, uh, debts and uh, prisoners would be freed. And Jesus is like, I am the Jubilee, right? You don't have to wait 50 more years for this. I'm here. This is it. But they had their own understanding. Their own way of doing things. Their own way of loving people, right? We're like, hey, we're going to love those that love us. <laughs> hate those that hate us. But people do not love like Jesus loves, right? Amen? And, but we're not familiar with that. We don't know fully how to trust wholeheartedly. Pray to God in every situation. Believe that all our sins have been forgiven. A lot of times it's hard for us to comprehend that. Or trust God without any details, right? This is not familiar. And so what happens, it's easier for us to cultivate frustration rather than appreciation in the midst of the struggle. All right? The moment we encounter something difficult, we retract to something that's very comfortable. And oftentimes that's sin. 
sin that's been in our lives for so many years and says, hey, come back here. <laughs> I got you. Never mind the fact, forget that what's following after that. It's just like people retracting back to Egypt. They already went through so many times and saw so many miracles at this point and still retract back to their old ways because it's familiar to them, right? And that's what we do in our lives as well. But when we encounter the grace of God, God's favor starts to make sense a little bit more, okay? I'll bring you a couple of examples. Joseph, sold to slavery, wrongfully in prison. Doesn't look like a favor, right? It seemed like all the things that God promised him, and here he's like, I'm living in the favor. Nobody in at that time, if you look from the side, say, oh, that's God's favor, right? But God was there all along. And it doesn't look like a favor until it does. Until you look back and you say, wow, that bad situation in my life that happened, that major relationship that just broke, that betrayal was one of the greatest gifts of God. So that my eyes could open up to the true person who I can open up to, right? Things like that. Let's look at Jesus himself, right? Born in the manger, son of a carpenter, persecuted by his own people. I mean, his own people hated him, right? Crucified like a criminal, but then defeats the death that brought salvation. <laughs> Come on. God's favor is different than our perspective of favor. And scripture says how far the heaven is from there. That's how far my thoughts are above your thoughts, right? So our understanding of favor, we just, we oftentimes limit to just this when things are so easy in my life. When I just see God like whoop-dee-doo, like walking down the path and here's the benefit. Here's your little bonus, Vic, then this and that. God's faith works in so many different ways than above our ways that only later after we go through that, we're looking back, we're like, God, you were there all along. You never left me, never forsake me. And that's what scripture says. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Amen. God's favor is not based on what you're experiencing in the moment, right? His grace, his favor is this best way to describe it. God's favor is his continuous grace for those who love God. I want to point that out because I've quoted this scripture so many times. It's my favorite passage in the Bible, Romans 8.28. It says, and we know that all things work together for good to all people. Is that what it says? To those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. Sometimes... What God is doing doesn't make sense. Because a lot of times say, all things work together for good. You can tell that to a random person. I'm like, no. But we forget the most important aspect of that passage. It says, to those that love God. If you love God, that, that means your situation is never dependent on the circumstances. Everything you're experiencing around. Your confidence comes only from God. And it don't matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter what the devil is whispering out. Because God is on the throne, right, of your life. Amen? Yes, amen. But there's this trust. You don't understand what's happening, but there's this trust. And you know that he who began a good work in me, he will bring it to completion. Come on, right? You know that there's peace that transcends all understanding. You're in the midst of a turmoil, but somehow you're experiencing this peace. And you're like, man, I just lost a loved one. But you see the peace of God. And I'm telling you, this is the favor of God himself. They're his presence in our lives. Amen? This is why you can have confidence in the midst of calamity. 
And Jesus is saying, if you want favor, it's right in front of you. Right? Not in any earthly promotion or earthly proclamations. I believe God is saying, you're going to have to let go of some attachments. I sense that in my spirit, for me personally, there's things that I'm letting go and certain things that are getting in the way of the growth of God. My understanding of how God's supposed to do it, it could be a sin, it could be anything, but I believe the power of the Holy Spirit is clearly speaking to you right now, in this moment while I'm talking. And you know what that is, and I know what that is. And God is saying, I am here to set the captives free. I'm here so you don't have to struggle on your own. Amen? The people of Nazareth were just so familiar with Jesus. They could not recognize God's favor right in front of them. And I'm asking myself, can I recognize God's favor when it's right in front of me? Can I be in that situation that I'm like, I don't even know how it got in here. And it looks like it's not going to end really well. But that's where it's wonderful because the moment you give it up, the moment you stop fighting it on your own and you turn to God and God is like, this is why I reside in your complete surrender. Those that love God. Amen. Those, and it's like you are called. You're called according to his purpose. Amen. So don't let familiarity kill your favor. Jesus was rejected by the people that knew him the most. But God sends his greatest favor to the people that least familiar with him. The Gentiles, all of us. How amazing is that, right? It's just, if that's not a testament of God's favor, he comes, his own people reject him. That just shows how much God loves us, you know, and that he is so close to the brokenhearted. And that if you think you're way too far and you have way too much baggage and sin, I'm telling you, there's nothing that God can't redeem, right? There's nothing that you can be, be able to drop before the Lord and God is going to be like, oh no, how could you? No. The price was already paid. Before the creation of the world, God already knew. He saw you and me. He saw our struggle, and he knew that he came to set the captives free. Amen? But sometimes I wonder if we know so much, right? Because we have it all figured out. We think this is how it's going to happen. <laughs> I've been disappointed in myself so many times. But Scripture tells us, blessed are the poor in the spirit. Theirs is the kingdom. When you're just like, I did it again, Lord. And God is like, I'm right here, son. Come to me. All you are weary, trouble-hearted, right? We just often have a blueprint of how things are supposed to go and how God is supposed to bless us. But God is like, my ways are above your ways. Like, I have so much better understanding of you. When I look back on the certain things, how I thought it was supposed to work out, whether it was in my ministry and things like that, and I look back at those people that said no to me or like stopped me in certain things that I thought I was doing in favor of God, but God had so much bigger plans for me. And I look back at it and I'm like, those people who are sent by God. Can you believe that your issue or trouble with somebody could have been a setup for what you're experiencing now? And looking back at it, like you're like, wow, what a setup. Are you accepting the favor of God? Or are you pushing it away because without realizing, because it just looks too familiar, right? So let's stand to our feet. I asked God three questions, you know. To do, for us to do this year. And I really want us to let a deposit into our spirit. One is, Lord, I said, Lord, for our church, make us conscious of your favor, what that is, to understand how God's favor works. Number two, help us cooperate 
with his favor, <laughs> right? Stop fighting what God is doing in your life. And the third is make us a conduit for his favor. So the your favor of God could flow through your life, through every situation. Wherever you, everywhere you go, it doesn't matter. God is like, wow, like you're my conduit. I can bless you. And I can bless others through you because you're open, because you understand, Lord, God's favor is not contingent on any circumstances, right? Like God's favor is flowing through me, the living waters that are coming in and coming out, and they're blessing others. Amen? Today is the day of the Lord's favor. And it doesn't matter how it started. You know, there's a popular phrase, like I say, it doesn't matter how it started. It's about how, how you finish, right? And I'm asking us today, don't chase away the favor of God. Because it looks like a challenge, all right, or it looks not comfortable to us. Embrace the favor of God. When the favor of God is on you, you can do what Jesus did. I want us to walk boldly into this year. When you're walking in the favor of God, look at this important scripture. I'm going to read it again. Luke 4, 29 and 30. They got up, drove him out of town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. If that's not an example of the favor of God, it means it doesn't matter what's going to come your way. It doesn't matter. There's a bunch of people about to push you off the cliff. When you walk in the favor of God, you have this confidence. You can turn right back into that enemy. You got nothing on me because God's favor is on me. God's favor is on me. Say it with me. Say, God's favor is on me. Come on, say it with confidence. Say, God's favor is on me. Hallelujah. Think about it. Devil should have killed you when he had a chance. But here you are, <laughs> right? You have the favor of God. If you're not convinced that you have the favor of God standing right now today, I pray that today the Lord will just pour out his spirit and show you that his favor was there all along. Amen. And he used all the situation in your life for good because you love God. Very important thing. He's with you when you're with him. Those that love God. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit our website, whitefieldsalaska.com. Thanks again for listening, and may God bless you today.